Many people are lamenting the fact that this Thanksgiving, in an unprecedented way, we will not be able to be in the usual festive celebration with our families, extended families. There are limitations on travel, limitations in many different ways. But I would like you to know that this is also a tremendous opportunity, an opportunity to actually discover a new dimension of life, of yourself, of your immediate loved ones, and of thanksgiving itself, gratitude. That's what we will be discussing. Home alone, thanksgiving in quarantine. Hi, this is Simon Jacobson. Welcome. We'll be able talking about Home Alone, Thanksgiving in Quarantine. This program is dedicated by Martin Wertlieb in loving memory of George and Louise Wertlieb. Many are lamenting the fact that due to the pandemic, this Thanksgiving in unprecedented ways, will be a very different type of holiday. We're usually, in an unencumbered way, able to travel, be with extended family, with friends, larger gatherings. But this year, there are many limitations. The travel, the size of a gathering. I'm not now getting into the different opinions on this matter. It's definitely different than any other year. And it seems, in many ways, depressing, because why shouldn't we just be able to, in an unlimited way, do whatever we like and celebrate? But what we will be speaking about is that this is actually an opportunity, a tremendous opportunity, to appreciate your own very life, the life of your loved ones, and the very essence of what Thanksgiving is all about. I remember once uh, counseling a couple. They were having many different issues. They cared about each other. They loved each other. But they've grown apart. They were both very busy. And each one had their own business. And when they came together, they were either exhausted or just even didn't have the patience. So the way they would basically <laughs> interact is they, they were of means. They literally would go out almost every night to dinner which you, know, you think is a beautiful thing, but the dinner in truth was really a distraction. That way they didn't have to sit home alone and look at each other and deal with each other. So they went to different dinners and they had what to talk about, Korean cuisine, uh, Indian cuisine, this cuisine and that cuisine. They had all kinds of different discussions. You know, weather, obviously you run out of topics once you finish covering the weather. So they dealt with all the different distractions. But it was... In the, in the guise of a romantic dinner, a candlelight dinner. I suggested to them, perhaps let's begin slowly, once a week, have dinner at home. You should see the terror in their eyes when I suggested that. They said, what are we going to talk about? We'll be alone, there's no other people around, there's no noise, there's no distractions, no waiters. I said, you'll talk about each other, you'll talk to each other. 
talk about your work, talk about what you care about. And it was very obvious to all of us, sitting around the table, the three of us, the couple and myself, that they were not comfortable with that. So in many ways, so-called life, normal life as it was, pre-BC, we call it, before COVID, we had many, many activities and distractions. And in many ways, very pleasant and very blessed to have options. But AC, after Corona, after COVID, meaning basically March, approximately March 2020, things changed. We couldn't go out to restaurants, travel was gone, summer plans, our usual entertainment, theater, museums, sports, going out to, uh, to a club. So many ways, of course, that curtailed and we felt limited. And I'm not suggesting that pandemic is a good thing. Obviously, it's a health crisis. It's taken lives. It's dangerous. But when you look deeper into it, every situation in life is really, I don't call it a test, but an opportunity. An opportunity to see what will you do under these new circumstances. It really causes us to expose ourselves to what are you really made of. Are you able to have a conversation with someone you love without a restaurant, without distractions, without a party, without others around you? So initially, that can be a very terrifying prospect because we're not used to it. We feel too vulnerable. So this is a great opportunity to ask ourselves, how many different things were we involved in, as beautiful as they were, really kept us distracted from dealing with our own internal issues? Ourselves, with you and yourself, you and those that you love. How many? And this isn't meant to be judgmental or criticizing. It's meant as a moment to be a moment of truth, of clarity. So in that way, when you think about Thanksgiving and quarantine, home alone, it's actually a tremendous opportunity. You know, some of us will be alone, literally, and I'm not suggesting that's pleasant. Some will be alone just with immediate family or spouse. But in many ways, almost all of us will not be the usual comfort zone the usual photo op. So it's a tremendous opportunity to actually look into who we are, what we love, and above all, the message of thanksgiving itself, one of the most beautiful elements of the human condition that a human being can do is to show gratitude. It doesn't sound like much. You say thank you, you acknowledge, you appreciate. But if you think about it, and science and psychology is beginning to appreciate it, especially in the last few years, it actually demonstrates not just the right thing to do, it demonstrates a certain element of modesty and humility, respect, not a sense of entitlement and selfishnesses, selfishness or narcissism that it's all about me, me, me. It teaches us about symbiosis, the give and take of life, which is the very, the very energy, the very marrow that defines life 
is our interrelationships, our interconnectivity that each of us gives and receives, whether it's nature, whether it's photosynthesis, or whether it's human interactions. You look at nature, you look at the human body. The definition of health is individual forces, but all working together like one symphony, one organism. So when you really concentrate on Thanksgiving and what it means, which really goes back more than 400 years ago when the pilgrims arrived, the Mayflower at Plymouth Rock, it goes back thousands of years. Tradition I grew up with, you find in the Bible, the Jewish tradition, constant references and obligations to show thanksgiving, the thanksgiving fruit, the first fruit offering, the firstborn, whether it's in humans or in animals. So there you see it, the human, in the animal, in the vegetable kingdom, the first demonstrating that it's, I don't own the earth. I thank, thank God, I thank those that were helpful to me. Which all demonstrates more than just what is right, but essentially, as I said, the very heart and soul of what makes us human. Gratitude allows us to breathe as an exhale and inhale. Someone did something for you and you acknowledge it. Puts things into true context. Those people that don't know how to say thank you or they forget to say thank you have lost a sense of, of context. None of us is self-made. All of us go back in life and you'll find so many people in the way in your journey that were there either in small or large ways beginning with parents siblings educators strangers so when things were going regular thanksgiving let's call it in the normal year 2019 most of us did not necessarily give it a necess- the appropriate thought we gave it to some thought perhaps or no thought at all now that your comfort zone, your security blanket, your usual routine has been disrupted, so yes, you can sit and lament and complain, but you can also do something else. Rise to the occasion. Look deeper into who you are and what defines you. Make a list of things that you want to offer gratitude and thanks to. It could be people, it can be events, it can be God, it can be anything that makes sense. Then make another list of have you shown that gratitude? I would submit and suggest that most of us will have more, a longer list of things that were done for us that we did not fully acknowledge and appreciate. So now is the time, perfect time. Perfect time to make a phone call, send an email, text, Social media, there's almost no excuse because we have all the tools. What it does is not just completes the circle that you thank someone and show them appreciation. It does something for you. It makes you a breathing, living, true organism. In the fullest sense of the word. Imagine in the human body if certain organs that are supposed to work with each other choose not to interact or cooperate. What would happen? The same thing is in the human race. 
when you're helped in some way and you acknowledge it, that is the give and take. Gratitude is not just the right thing to do, thank you. It actually completes the checks and balances. You can say, think of it like when the electricity is running into appliance, an appliance. So you need to have all those triggers. What happens if a circuit is closed? Thanks and gratitude opens up circuits. It makes sure everything is rolling and flowing in the proper way. So this is the great opportunity to do so, especially this year, when we don't have all the distractions and all the plans we need to make. And I'm not taking away from the benefits of that. We all have two sides to us. One is our social dimension. We're social creatures. We are. We need each other. We thrive in a community, family. We are nurtured as we nurture. That's what love is all about. And that's why it's so beautiful to be with family and hopefully with family that is a healthy family, a functional family. But there's another side to us, the you within you. And you'll see in a moment, it's not a contradiction. Very often, we distract ourselves, our social side distracts us from thinking and focusing on ourselves. It's one of the maladies of our time because we're so overstimulated by outer stimuli that we often lose sight of ourselves. I would even say we like that stimuli because it distracts us from dealing with ourselves. But in truth, there's a part of us that is very much alone. And I don't mean alone in a negative way, I mean in a positive way. Your unique you. At the end of the day, no matter how social you are, no matter how extroverted you are, you go home, there's a certain part of you that is alone. And that needs to be cultivated as well. What is, what is that you that is not defined by and shaped by, by others? In the words of Hillel, the great sage, he said, if, if I am not for myself, who will be for me? And then he continues the second half, and these are the two dimensions. If I'm only for myself, what am I? Do we have a balance between these two? Very many people know if I'm only for myself, who am I? And we know we have. We have co-workers, we have friends, we have family, we have siblings. The interaction, and it's very stimulating. But the first half, if I'm, if I'm not for myself, who, <laughs> if I'm not for myself, who will be for me, is something that not all of us have fully cultivated. Because there you need self-confidence and self-esteem, which often has been in some ways, I'll say compromised, a mild word, if not worse, in our society. And they both are necessary. If you try to replace the self with the social, with the other, it won't work. It can work for a while. The other way around as well. If you try to replace self, the social with the self, in other words, I can just entertain myself, I don't need others, it also doesn't work. Go back to the organism. Go back to all the things that are healthy. They all have both elements, and they seem to be paradoxical. If you're an individual unit, a self-contained individual unit, and you celebrate your individuality, that seems antithetical to being dependent on and interacting and benefiting from others, and vice versa. If you are dependent and inter interdependent on others, 
in some ways it seems to compromise your individuality. But think again. This is not mathematical. This is the fact of life. As I said, in nature, in the human body, in any, even man-made machines, any complex entity, even not so complex, has many different parts, and each part has to be exactly fitting to what it needs to accomplish. You have, for example, the windpipe, and you have the food pipe. You have the lungs. You have the heart. You have the liver, the kidneys, the stomach. When you take a piece of food in your mouth, what happens? It triggers the entire process. And each process has to open and close at the right time. The right valves, the right gauges, the right regulators. And that allows the food to enter. The teeth have their role. Each part of the digestive process has its role as it breaks down the foods and turns it into the nutrients, draws out the nutrients that becomes part of your blood and expels the waste. One thing doesn't work. It can create a major mess up. So they're all individual, fiercely individual, and yet at the same time have some invisible conductor that's connecting them all. So though the, so initially it may seem a paradox, it's actually the nature of existence itself. Let's take the word beauty. What does it mean to have a beautiful face? How do we define beauty? We know beauty is in the eyes of the beholder, it's subjective, but net, yet studies have shown beauty, is it one feature when you say beautiful face? Is it the eyes? Is it the nose? Is it the complexion? The cheeks? The chin? The chin? The ears? No, beauty is harmony within diversity. It's many different features, but there's the perfect balance or close to a perfect balance. And that's what creates that type of what we call beauty. Let's take the example in art or music. Okay? In art, a beautiful painting is not one color or one object. A beautiful painting is going to have many different colors, many different objects, and they're all combined in the proper synchronized way. That's called beauty. Harmony within diversity. The same is true when we talk about um, music. Many different musical notes. Or in a symphony, a symphony or an orchestra, you will have, you will have, what will you have? Different instruments, different uh, musicians. Each one playing exactly what they need to play at their right time. And it's a perfect balance situation coordinated by the conductor. Is it possible to create chaos when you have so much diversity? Absolutely. So chaos is actually the other side of the coin of harmony and beauty. One color, as nice as blue or red may be, as nice as uh, one sound, one musical note may be, it becomes monotonous. Beauty is diversity, each in their own unique way, and then something, some type of force, some synergy, that's more than the sum of the parts that creates that harmony. So to take it back now to the time in which we're in, BC, because we were so involved in our routines and patterns and our parties and our events and our travel plans and our restaurants and so on, we often did not have time to think about this. So, you know, we just rode along, rode the waves of prosperity, of success, of comfort. Now we're compelled 
in this entire last eight months. But now that Thanksgiving is coming, we're compelled to ask ourselves that question. What are you when you're stripped of all those routines, of all those crutches, of all the institutions and devices and experiences that we usually rely upon? Where do you stand? Where do you stand in that alone place? And the answer is that you are a unique, indispensable soul. Yes, a beautiful musical note, or a few notes, or more than a few. And it's time to sing your song, not someone else's song. It's time to express who you are. Now, because we've been addicted, in a way, to all those activities around us, it may not be comfortable. But the end result, if you allow yourself... And instead of being frustrated or thinking, when is this going to pass? Using this opportunity, you will discover a dimension of yourself you've never seen before. As, and Thanksgiving fits right in because that dimension is something to give thanks for. Thank you for being, for being created, a unique you. You are not me and I am not you. That's beautiful. We're not clones. Each of us has our unique and exclusive role to play in this world. And at the same time, we're not saying let's cut out the, the social aspect. As much as possible under the guidelines, celebrate. But then the social that follows, the connection with others that follows being embracing yourself is a very different one. Because now you bring all of you there. As I mentioned before, how much of our own inner self has been obliterated or overshadowed by all the activities around us, by others' expectations, demands, influences. We want to please, we don't want to confront. Now we can look in and find myself, who am I? the true me that is not defined by others. And not only does that not compromise others, it actually makes you a more loving person, a more giving person, a more gracious person, and a more grateful person. Yes, because the self is not a contradiction to others. No, it's not the selfish gene, it's all about me, me, me. The self, the true healthy self recognizing, recognizes that as much as I need myself, I also need others to compliment me. And they need me. That's what we need to be discovering. That perfect balance. Is it easy to maintain or gain that perfect balance? It takes effort and work. And no one will ever have it perfect. But we work toward that end. What makes you unique? Ask yourself. And give thanks once you have find an answer, or even a partial answer. Give thanks to God. Give thanks to the people that have helped bring you to this place. And even give thanks to your soul. Allow it to speak to you. Allow your inner child to speak to you. Many of us have become adults far too early. Either because we were in a war zone and had to protect ourselves. Our childhoods may have been somewhat 
I don't say aborted, but limited. Whatever your situation is, this is a tremendous, again, tremendous opportunity in so many different ways. And it's precisely the unknown that makes it so powerful. Don't be afraid of the unknown. We know that comfort zones are exactly that. They make us feel comfortable. But we should not be afraid of the unknown because so many dimensions within you are still unknown to you. And when you learn to access them, you learn about your own inner self. And you'd be surprised what will emerge. So there are many ways to be creative about this as we enter Thanksgiving and the holiday season in general. You know, there's two ways, two definitions of loneliness. Usually most of us see loneliness as a negative. Feeling lonely, isolated, nobody cares about me. I'm insignificant. But there's another loneliness which is considered to be a positive loneliness. Let's call it your uniqueness. Uniqueness also has a certain lonely side to it. Because there's a part of you, as much as you want to communicate it with those that love you, that may be difficult to articulate. The unique you. That element, I don't want to call it lonely, I'm just pointing it out that it could be seen as that, but it means a uniqueness, an exclusivity. That's what we want to embrace. So if you are feeling alone, even if you're all alone, physically, you're not all alone because you have yourself. You have your soul. And you embrace that, you will also find friends that can relate to you there. Not friends who use you. Not friends who just uh, join with you in uh, complaining. Friends that believe in you. You have an idea. They say, a great idea. I support. I believe that you're capable of doing it. That's what we need to be focusing on. I often advise people, it's hard to just say goodbye to all your friends, and I wouldn't suggest that. But maybe it's time to look at your Rolodex, at your contact list, what they call today. Maybe introduce a few people that when you call them, instead of them throwing cold water on any excitement or any enthusiasm you have, they say, beautiful. Go for it. I'm ready to help you. Don't underestimate that important that, that message. So though, yes, as much as possible, let's generate it from within. But as I said, we do need others. I'm not suggesting we are only alone. I'm suggesting there's a sense of you that you need to cultivate. And find others that help cultivate you, not help cultivate a herd mentality, which unfortunately today has become so dominant that we're saying things that we hear from others, saying things that is expected, is politically correct. But rather it's about understanding that others should be augmenting, should be complementing you, not replacing you. I always repeat Oliver Wendell Holmes' line in The Voiceless. Alas to those that die with their songs still inside them. You hear that? We all have a song inside of us. Many songs. And often it dies within us. They, we die with that song still inside of us, never singing it, either never 
being aware of it or never having the courage to to express yourself. Sometimes people combine that with Thoreau's line, most men lead, lead lives of quiet desperation and die with their songs still inside them. It's really two different statements, but they, they can go along with one another. Let you and I not be one of those people. Let's make sure no one is one of those people. We need your song. We, I say, the collective human race. You need it. And you need ours, and you need mine. Not in a needy way, in a desperate way. In a beautiful way. Now is the time to start singing your song if you haven't done so yet. And if you have, there's always more where that came from. Always deeper dimensions to express. That's how we can turn Thanksgiving and quarantine into actually a blessing. A blessing that allows us to discover ourselves. And when things do, and the pandemic will die out, and things will go back, I don't know if it will go back exactly to the old norm, maybe not even good that it does, don't let this new awareness disappear. This is the gift that will remain. So long after the corona, COVID will, will pass, whenever that will be. This will remain what you've discovered. And next year, Thanksgiving, you can look back and say, I've learned things. I've learned more appreciation of the gifts in my life. I've learned more about appreciation of who I am and more appreciation of those that I love and love me and how we all come together join in a glorious dance, in a symphony, in a unity, a true unity, which is harmony within diversity. On a personal note, I've been around a number of years, been teaching, speaking with people, writing, counseling, but I've learned so much from each one of you. But above all, there's something that always remains with me every second of the day. And it's really so profound, but I want to share it with you, and that is I am so touched in ways I can't fully express about the dignity of every human being's journey. Whatever that journey looks like, the ups and downs, the twists and turns, the comedy and the tragedy, the absurdity and the, and the beauty. There's something about the soul's majestic journey in this world. When you think about it, is there something greater? Everything flows from there. You see a newborn child. We're all touched by that miracle. It's the beginning of a journey. It actually began nine months earlier, but to the naked eye, it begins at birth. What will this child's life be like? And we know there are pains. I'm not denying that. We all wish there wouldn't be. But life is a journey, as I've always explained. It's a long narrative. It's not one detail. It's not one experience, it's a combination. During the last eight months, since approximately March, when it was announced that there's a global pandemic, 
even though it began earlier, COVID-19 means COVID November 19 is when it really, we trace it. I have seen this dignity in ways that I've never seen before, precisely because the tide is out and you see who's been swimming naked, precisely, precisely because of our vulnerability. And I've seen human beings who otherwise were distracted or did not focus enough rise to the occasion. Some are struggling. Many are struggling. Many are like lost at sea. Flailing in the waves. So we have a responsibility, not just for ourselves, for these individuals as well, to help show them the song inside of them, the soul inside of them. This is what we need to be doing now. And I've been enriched in the last months by this process. It's not about focusing on how difficult things are and what's going to be and following the media and all its uh, convulsions and contortions. It's about looking inside yourself and others and using Thanksgiving, using the holiday season as as a great opportunity. I said tremendous many times. Let's use another word. Great opportunity. Unprecedented opportunity to connect in new ways, to connect with yourself in new ways, and to sing your song and let us all join together in unison, in harmony, this great cosmic symphony. Because we can allow it to become a force that brings personal and global redemption. So thank you, my friends. Thank you for being you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for the symbiotic relationship we have. Share, like. Please share your comments. I'd love to hear from you. Meaningfullife.com where this program, which is a weekly program every Wednesday night, but then it's archived so you can replay it any time. Plus a whole array of other resources. Look at our calendar. Literally daily updated new programs. Video, audio, text on all the platforms, social media and so on. And let's join together and let's reach out to others in this time and help them as we help ourselves discover their unique voice. Thank you so much. God bless you. And thank you. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com donate.